Hello and welcome to another episode of the How Good Sport podcast. You're here with Tom. Thank you for joining me. Today I've got a special guest. I've got Jacob from the Short Ball page on Instagram. Jacob, how you doing, brother? Yeah, doing good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, doing really well. Footy's right around the corner now, so it's pretty fucking exciting. Oh, footy's been all about me life for the last couple of weekends, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you've been a pretty busy man. I've been following your page for, I think, about a month or so now. And on the weekend, you had about 10 hours of footy coverage. Where'd you get to? Uh, last weekend, I started off at Windsor. Um, I've got to watch the tennis games. I've got a gig with them at the moment, so right yep. all their uh, match reports and that. And then I took the drive out to Cronulla for a game at Points Bet, SG Ball and Howard Matts. Went to Cogra after for the two trials, so busy. How good's that? So you got a bit of a gig with Penrith. Uh yeah. So I'll pick that up this year. Um there was an application for it going around and I had multiple people send it straight to me. So I thought, you know what, we'll try and we'll try and have a stab at that and um yeah, no, so now I'm writing their match reports for their uh junior footy. So No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, good fun. I imagine this page has obviously helped a lot with getting you to that point and, and from where you started, that's probably a bit of a, a dream role in some respect. Ah, uh, yeah, it's great. Cause I'm I'm looking to sort of head towards a journalism career. So this is the first step, I guess. So Yeah, beautiful. Your content's fantastic on your page. Like I said, I've been following it for about yeah, four to six weeks or something. And your coverage of, of juniors in particular, Harold Matz, SG Ball, all those sort of grades is, is really good. How'd you sort of come about and, and get started, <clears throat> excuse me, with the short ball? Uh, so I actually ran this page originally as just a general sport page, like similar to your your stuff, but yep. sort of, so I was focused in rugby league because obviously it's my number one sport, but I'd cover like cricket, basketball and a couple other sports that I was interested in and um, it never really took off anywhere. And um, I was, I was always like, I've been watching junior footy since sort of 2018, 2019 when my mate started to go through the, through the ranks and um, I was watching them every weekend and, and so I started covering it on the page because it was something that I didn't see a lot of people doing and it sort of took off. So I, I started to focus on covering junior footy because nobody does it. And if I thought I could be sort of the first in the space to to cover it, then, you know, it might do all right. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's sort of how I got to this point now. But, it's, yeah, it started off as a shitty little uh, sports page that was going nowhere. So. Yeah, well, it's mad that you found your niche and it's something that's working for you. You know, obviously recently you've had blokes like the rugby league guru giving you shout outs and he's sort of the, <clears throat> the king of the CBAs, so to speak. But that's an area you've really honed in on now, which is really cool. Yeah, and that was like I so when I first started the the podcast, I was speaking to Guru and and I got him on a podcast a, a while ago. That's still on my YouTube, I think that's from maybe two, two and a half years ago, but um yeah me and him would always talk about like juniors coming through the ranks because because i knew that he was out there watching games and and i was out there watching games so we so we started to discuss it and that's sort of how it came about originally actually so he was um i, I was talking to him about my content and how to sort of grow and and i was talking to him about that howard matthews sg ball and all that and he said well you look around at the grounds and you know there's a thousand two thousand people there like that that's your area. That's your niche. That's that's your fan base. There is the people that are at the games with you watching it. So um, he sort of inspired that change into into um, focusing onto the juniors. So he, he was a big part of it, and um, he's helped me out so much over the last two years. And 
That's awesome. And that support, you know, goes a long way when you've got someone that has been successful like that, giving you some sort of inspiration, I suppose, which is really helpful. So you mentioned you got, um, you had some mates that were getting around in the junior. What area was that in? Nah, so I had a heap of mates who played for Para um, okay. in, in both Harrod Matthews and, and SG Ball. And um, I've got a couple of mates that are going through the ranks now, and I've sort of started to cover them with Get Furry. Um, yeah, when you when you, you you're covering your mates and tagging them in in posts and that and um yeah it yeah, it becomes a little bit of a running joke but um yeah no it's it's been good fun uh watching the juniors for the last couple of years and watching a lot of my mates come through the ranks like um uh, yeah it's it, it's it's just good fun yeah absolutely it probably doesn't help their egos when you're tagging them and, and giving them props in posts like that either eh oh make sure to tell them their shit after. <laughs> have any of them is it have you had like a close mate who's starting to have some success or, or had any success yet uh i had a mate i had a mate who played in one of the trials this weekend which was um really uh really good to see but i won't i won't sort of name names yeah no that's cool keep that stuff private but that, that must be pretty cool to have someone you know and, and you follow their journey starting to get an opportunity in the first grade and, and on the precipice of the nrl uh yeah it's been cool to watch like that and like you see where they come from, and and it helps you get an appreciation for all of these guys too, because you see where these future stars and these NRL players, they you see their journey, you see where they come from, and you realise they're yeah, just like normal people like us. Like I used to idolise players when I was growing up, but now it's like they're just regular people, and they've 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 got a story, they've got a background, and um, it's always interesting to to look at it from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing I've loved, like getting out to the grounds the last two weeks. I've been out to Leichhardt to watch the Chooks and the Tigers, and then I went out to Redfern Oval on Saturday. And just the community aspect, and then you've got the players coming up into the stands and talking to their family or seeing their mates, like that stuff's really cool. You don't really get the opportunity to see that stuff at an NRL game when there's 30,000 people in the crowd. So that's certainly something I've loved. And just that vibe when you're you're at a ground with a 1,000 people, you can park up on the hill and it's just a really cool aspect of getting to those junior games. Yeah, there's a reason why everyone says that they love going to the footy at suburban grounds and, and all these junior games are obviously played at suburban grounds. You're not filling out Combank watching 16, 17, 18-year-olds. But, yeah, it's just like a real community vibe. Like you get around and you and you see people that you know and um, walking around and there's just a lot of, um, yeah, that that like you said, that community aspect to it. Yeah, absolutely. So just uh, honing in on on SG Ball in particular, I sort of haven't run my eye across much of the Harold Mats um, the last few weeks, but been watching a bit of the SG Ball and, and seeing some talents getting around in the SG Ball. And, you know, we even see some of these guys who got a run in the trial this week, um, like Navrin Willett and, and these kind of guys still playing in SG Ball. Who are some of the guys, your top three, top five guys getting around in SG Ball for you at the moment? Ooh, okay. Um, I made a top five list the other day, actually, but it was just for like under eight names. But yep. my two personal favourites, um, and I've bang on a lot about them on my page, is is Connor Vitano and Navrin Willett. Yep. Navrin Willett was one I only sort of started to watch this year, but he he's six foot seven and a utility outside back can play fullback through to six. So I. I was just taken away by his athleticism and his skill at that height. Um, Connor Vitano is a guy that I've been watching since sort of maybe 2021, 2020, I think it was, when he made his hard debut. He started out on the wing um, and he was like a real tall, 
built athletic finisher. I think he was one of the leading try scorers in age up. And um, I was really impressed by him. And then I got told by someone that I was at the game watching uh, him with, and they go, oh, he's actually a fullback. And he shifted to fullback the next year, and he had one of the most impressive seasons I've ever watched, and that was Howard Matthews. Um, I think he scored 10 tries in nine games, and I think he had double the amount of tries because he just he has this unreal um, – like the the way he moves um, through the uh, the way he moves across the ground is just unbelievable. Like he's incredibly mm-hmm. athletic and he's really silky. It's sort of like um, Guru touched on him on that could be anything podcast, and it makes sense. He he moves like KP in the body of Tom Travojevic. He's the one yeah. I'm most excited about, definitely. Um, yeah, I heard the Guru talking about him last week, the Conovatano. So they've they've got some pretty handy stocks in that SG ball, um, 21s, New South Wales Cup, obviously Fletcher Sharp, David Armstrong. I'm, I'm a huge fan of David Armstrong, but it's pretty healthy for the Knights with that depth they've got and that development pathway going. Yeah, they've they've got a really good side um, in, that, in that SG ball. They've always had good juniors, though. Their problem is keeping it. But I made the point, um, I think a month ago, that – the the Kalen Ponga signing has done so much for this club um, in terms of rebuilding and getting to keep their juniors because they've had like you and you'll see it all the time all the guys that Knights lost that were in their junior system Joseph Tarpanes Latrell Mitchells these sorts of guys that played for the Knights as juniors and then got poached from elsewhere um, they're now keeping these guys and I see it a lot with. Um, a guy like Conor Vitano, he idolizes Caelan Ponga. He loves him. He, he, you always see him posting about him on his story, and and he's a big fan of him. And that sort of star player, that sort of paving the way for these Newcastle young guns to, to look up and go, we got something here. Like we've got a team here that um, we want to be a part of, and we've got a culture that we want to be a part of. And that done so much. Like you see now, David Armstrong starting to come through the ranks. Um, uh, Dylan Lucas, he was a Knights junior that's come through. He's starting to um, uh, make waves in the NRL. Like he, this is the effect that a marquee signing like that can have, and and it's really changed the course of their um, their pathway system. Yeah, you make a really good point, and I suppose for those Knights fans that have gone through a lot of the frustration and, and heartbreak of of being a pretty disappointing side in the last few years, are finally starting to get rewarded for their loyalty, and and they're one of the most loyal fan bases. That's why it's so good to see that success last year and I suppose you know that point you make it's it's guys like Kai Pierce Paul and and um Price that have come over as well like Newcastle's now attractive for guys like them to come over as well hey yeah no 100% and that's all off the back like you think back to like Andrew Johns carrying the Knights teams from from sort of the 90s and, and early 2000s like it's not a similar effect where KP's carrying these guys things back but he's making the club marketable and he's making it attractive for people to either stay in that system or come towards it. When they won three spoons in a row a couple of years ago, nobody wanted to stay there. you got juniors that are coming up through the grades. They're like, oh, yeah, sweet, we're playing for the Knights. And then another club comes around and goes, look, we'll give you a chance with a with a top eight team or, or a team with a couple of superstars in it and and probably pay you more too. And then, um, yeah, they can't say no to that. Yeah, it's an easy decision, isn't it, for him? Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's, it's good to see the Knights in a, a strong position. You spoke about um, Navran Willett. He got a run on the weekend. I hadn't seen a lot of him, but I was really impressed with him. Like you said, he's got that versatility. He diffused a high ball really well. I think he might have made one line break 
offer carry through the middle. So I was definitely impressed with him um, on the weekend. Do you see him getting much time this year in the Tiger squad? Look, I think with uh, Navarin, you want to give him a little bit of time. Um, I was really impressed with his trial on the weekend. And a lot of people are looking at these 18 and 19-year-olds. I got a couple of messages and a couple of comments saying, oh, they didn't do anything or this and that. But a lot of people are looking for these guys to have three line breaks and dominate the NRL competition like they dominated SG Ball and all that coming through the ranks. There's very few guys that can do that. But what I was impressed with Navin Willett was, was like you said, he was diffusing high balls. He was um, he didn't make any errors or maybe he had – no, he, I, I don't recall him making any errors. Yeah, I think and he then had a clean game. Yeah, and, he's, and his carries were tough. Like he was up to the contest and he was up to the physicality. And that's what you look for in these young guys coming through. Like, a guy like Payne Haas, when he first come through, he wasn't explosive. Like, he wasn't dominating in his first five games, but he's grown into that. But where he started was he was really reliable. He was up to the contest physically, and then he grew um, from that game into the game that he showed throughout his juniors. Because when you're playing against younger younger boys and guys that don't have that sort of grown adult strength, it's, it's easier. The The transition from playing against boys to playing against men is the biggest jump any any NRL player or any rugby league player at all will ever have to make. And that's uh, what a lot of people don't really appreciate is they see these guys that, you know, haven't even played cup yet, come up into an NRL trial and just play okay. Like they didn't set the world alight and they think, oh yeah, they, they, they're no good. Like they're a long way off first grade. Like I, I think it's stupid. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And the physicality is just next level. And a lot of these guys – that are getting a run in the trials are battlers, if that's the best way to describe them from New South Wales Cup, that have been toiling away for five years and they're finally getting a run. So they're going to give it their best shot. So if they see some 19-year-old out of SG ball, they're going to absolutely try and iron them out as best as they can. So um, that physicality is just absolutely next level. But I definitely agree with your point. And I think they touched on it yesterday on the Bloke in a Bar podcast that I was listening to just with some of these guys. Um we expect so much from them, but we just got to be patient and, and realistic with them, which is really important. Um, a couple of guys I've watched in the last couple of weeks that I'm curious to get your thoughts on. First one, Toby Rodwell for the Roosters. He looks like a pretty complete halfback for someone at, at his age. What are your thoughts on him? I'm pretty sure he got an NRL trial last year as well, like this time last year. Um, he, he's he been unreal this season, and you can see um, – the maturity now with him. His kicking game's always been phenomenal. I've loved it um, as he's come through the grades. But, yeah, he's he's got a real mature head on his shoulders. And, like you see, in that game at Leichhardt, he didn't have the most amazing game ever, um, but he got his little things right. Um, and then he stayed composed at the end to win it for them with that field goal. Um, and that's just something that you like to see from your young halfbacks because, as we know, there is a halfback problem, like a genuine halfback problem in, in first grade, like you don't have yep. many of the guys at the moment that, you know, are real composed, have nice kicking games, have a uh, good footy IQ and, and, and Toby's one of them coming through and you won't see him in first grade for, for a couple of years, but, um, cause these halfbacks, um, these genuine, like footy smarts, great game halfbacks, they mature a little bit later, um, especially cause they got to get their body physically up to it. Um, but yeah, he, he's one that I've been really impressed with at the start of this year. Yeah, and I think something he touched on that was really important was he didn't necessarily have a, a breakout game, but he did a lot of the small things right. Like I think he might have made a couple of errors, but 
you know, he was doing those short kicks um, in attack that I thought were really good. I loved his ball playing. Just those little things as well. Like, you know, last year there was a try where clear he was playing and his boot fell off and he got straight back up and and set on a try straight after that. And I saw Rodwell do something similar where he was he was either at hooker or he played the ball and he jumped back out and he was in the next play. And, I, you know, I think it was crucial. And then he missed two field goals and went again and had another crack. So I was really impressed by that. Um Another dude that played in that game that um, really impressed me, and I think he's, he's been on your radar for a while as well, was De La Selva. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Yeah. Um, I noticed as the game went longer and the Roosters weren't necessarily playing their best brand, he was really into him. He was fucking using all sorts of expletives under the sun to, to rip into him, but he really brought that tempo up and there was a hit off, off the kickoff and the sound it made when he belted this bloke just – reverberated around Leichhardt Oval. It was the most footy thing I've ever seen. Yeah, he he's a natural leader of of the forward pack. Uh, he, he sort of had to grow into that role, but when he first came in to Harold Matt a couple of years ago, he took me back with how physical he was. Like He's always been a big, big boy, and, and you would have noticed that he was the biggest bloke on the field that yeah. day. Um, he's always been a big boy, but... He's grown into it physically, and he's and he's been on my radar for ages just because of how um, just that that physicality aspect of him, how physically is he? Um, I've loved him, and this year and last year even he, he's grown into a real leader of that pack, and that that Roosters forward pack is unbelievable. So, so to shine like he does every single week speaks volumes about him and his ability because you got guys in there, uh, Peter Benjamin Uni. Um, Ethan Roberts, Zach Fitler, uh, Blake Steep. He's a weapon. I love him. Yeah, um, I really liked him as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was him. So Steep and Var, they were the two that definitely stood out to me in that Roosters-Tigers game. Um, yep. But every single week, like every single week, Var is standing out, and I've been really impressed with him. Yeah, and I agree with some of those names you mentioned there. A guy I saw in the game where they played against the Bulldogs, um, Ahaloka Toya, I believe it is. Um, he looks like he's got a lot of potential. He's very raw, you know, loves to push and offload and these kind of things. But, you know, he's definitely someone that um, I don't think is too far away from maybe getting a trial next year or kind of going to that next level. Imagine being like 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, and you just finished a week at school and you get to the weekend, you're, heaps, you're, you're pumped to play, you're playing in the middle, you've got the Roosters, good, good, <laughs> good opponent. You're defending Va'ar and Benjamin Uni, who are two big boys, real physical. And you're like, when they go off, you're like, oh, finally off because I've just had, I just had an absolute war in the middle here. And then you got Toya come on, like yeah. he's probably he, he's probably just as physical and just as strong as, as as the two of them. Like he's, you'll rarely see him have a run that doesn't make at least 10, 15 meters, couple of tackle breaks. PCM King, like he's. Yeah. Oh, like for, to be a bench forward and have the kind of impact that wins you games, so valuable, especially in these grades where, you know, the 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 depth isn't like as strong. But um, yeah, it's so valuable for this, and that's like I think they'll go a long way. The Roosters because their forward pack's just unreal and their rotations, yeah, insane. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely, they look like they've got a good squad. Um, Jack Jackson Allen, who came off the bench, impressed me, and I think he had a. A good game on the weekend. Obviously, there's no real highlights, but I saw he scored a try, so he was someone I didn't mind the look of. One thing that sort of struck me from watching the Roosters and the Tigers last week and then going and watching South and Manly this this past weekend was the size difference. Like, 
it literally could have been the Roosters were SG Ball and then this week Manly and South were Howard Matt. So it was a, a pretty significant size difference between those sides. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Roosters go um, throughout the year. Who, who do you think are they probably the biggest opponents or, or team to watch out for in SG Ball? Oh, I think the Newcastle Knights. I think the Newcastle Knights have got the forward pack to go with them. Yeah. Um, and I think their back line is like it's absolutely star-studded. Like you got out the back um, Connor Vitano, then you've got Wilson DeCorsi, Logan Oaki in the centres. Um, trying to recall who the wing pairing are. but And then you've got like in the 5-8 role, it's usually Jylan Ain. I think he's got a knee injury, but he should be back before the end of this season. Um, but like his replacement, uh, what was his name? Uh, something Fletcher, Logan Fletcher, I think it was. I think his name was. He looked like he killed it last game. I didn't obviously get to watch it, but he scored a hat trick, I think. So handy replacement to have. Um, and then Harmy Lowe's there in the in in the halfback row. They're they're stacked one to thirteen. Mm. Like Cody Hopwood, Jermaine McEwen, they're genuine. Like that, they will be on a path to first grade very soon. Those those sorts of guys. So I think Knights are the top dog at the moment. Yeah, exciting stuff to see. One other guy I just wanted to touch on before we move on from the SG Ball guys was uh, Mitchell Woods at the Doggies. We sort of traded some messages about him a couple of weeks ago. I think you might have said he rejected an AFL contract to stay with Rugby League. What are your thoughts on him and, and what do you think's the best assets of his game? Yeah, my biggest story of the off-season, like the, the junior footy off-season, obviously, um, like around September, October was the battle, but the battle between the Swans and the Bulldogs was so and was so important for the Bulldogs to win, um, because he was getting big money offers from both sides. I'm pretty sure, and he was a superstar of both competitions. Now, the fact that NRL have kept him, or, or that the Bulldogs have kept him, is such a huge win for the game because. He is an unbelievable talent. Um, his running game, unreal. His kicking game, obviously, being an uh, AFL gun, was is unbelievable. And he's a guy that I think Bulldogs would have um, in their minds as their long term, like future halfback. Like, no, no disrespect to you guys, like Toby Sexton and Drew Hutchinson, but they're going to be place fillers for, for for this kid. And once he, if he comes through and shows the potential that everyone who's watched him know that he has, he will be a genuine gun, like a top-tier gun in the NRL. Um, obviously, you don't put that kind of pressure on 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 uh, these sorts of, on these kids, but he could he could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> the old CBA, yeah, he definitely struck me. Like, he stood out big time in that game I watched um, without knowing any context, context of his past. So very keen to see how he progresses. In terms of the weekend's trials, you obviously got out to Cogra, but it, it started with the Doggies game and we saw them roll out a heap of their junior guys. They look like Gus Gould's really starting to put the polish on those juniors and, and the development pathway there. Anyone in particular stand out for you for the, the Doggies on the weekend? Uh, Josh Papali and or, or Papali. I'm not sure how he um, pronounced his last name, but um, his rise has been unreal to watch and he's a lot closer to first grade than I thought he was at first. He was SG Ball Player of the Year two years ago. Um, lethal uh, step. It's sort of like watching uh, RTS. Um, and his carries out of the backfield really impressed me um, in the in that trial. And and he looked like he, – he came into that game and he looked how he looks when he's playing Jersey Flag or, or Cup or any of that. So – 
he's a lot closer to first grade than I probably first thought he was. Uh, Joseph O'Neill, he was the flag halfback that that took him all the way to winning uh, jersey flag. His touches, like I think he was the main catalyst to a lot of their points late in the game. Um, his game management was really good, and he had a couple of really nice touches to put people into space. So um, those two guys impressed me the most for, for sure, Joe Ash and, and Joseph. Yeah, Joe Ash looks like he's pretty classy. Uh, I, I sort of agree with you. I don't think he's too far, too far off first grade. I think he's nabbed a spot in the reserves list for this week as well. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of people keen to see how he goes. And Joseph O'Neill definitely did look like he sort of freed things up on that edge a little bit. His ball playing was very silky and had that real slot of hands. I think he's he's got another run this week for the doggies. A guy I sort of had my eye on and, and liked the look of was um, Jordan Sam Rainey coming into that trial. Excuse me. Um, he didn't get a heap of time, but do you know much about him or have you got any thoughts on him for this year or next year in terms of when he might be getting a crack? I think he's he's probably a solid backup to have at the moment uh, for this year. I want to see him um, – I want to see a little bit more of him uh, this year in, in, in Cup and sort of see how he develops. He's not one of the guys that I've really had on my radar, but he's he has um, impressed a lot of good judges – um, over the last year. So I think he's probably one to watch closely this year and then you sort of might see him come into, into the first grade talks if he really does um, polish his game off and, and, you know, round it out sort of thing. So. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the Knights game, we, we spoke, touched on a couple of guys already, David Armstrong and, and Fletcher Sharp. What do you think of those guys on the weekend? Fletcher, I've sort of got in the same boat as Joe Ash, where I didn't think he was going to be real close to first grade because he's a little bit small and I didn't know how he was going to go with the contact. Um, but he, he well, he dealt with it all right. He ran for 120 metres, I thought, 11 runs. Yeah, did a great so, job. Uh, another one of mine that I've really uh, been impressed with the last year. He was only playing, uh, I think, he, he, he was only playing club footy maybe two years ago. Didn't make the SG ball side. Um, oh, and he was playing. I think he was playing country country championships. So I think he was playing like Laurie Daly and Andrew Johns and that. So, um, the the rise that he's had in a short amount of time has been unreal to see. Like he made the SG ball side uh, last season and killed it. Then he got picked as a reserve for the Origin under nineteen side, and now you know he's killing it in first grade trials. So he's really one to keep an eye on because he's. His rise has been unreal. He's a really strong center, um, and he scored a try, which was unbelievable award uh, reward. But I thought his better play was um, he got put into space, run a really good line, and got put into space by Will Price, I think it was, um, and then yeah, just made the right play and 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 set. I think it was Price supporting back up the inside, set him up for a really nice try. So he looks like he's coming together really nicely and, and could come into the first grade radar in the next year or so. Yeah, and sorry, it dropped out when you just mentioned that name. Was it Kyle McCarthy you were talking about there? Yeah, Kyle McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. okay, so he's someone to look out for. I think I might have um, missed something you said on David Armstrong as well. It sort of dropped out a bit there. What, what were your thoughts of him on the wing there? Uh, yeah, I think, he's one of the, I think he's one of the guys who's really put his hands up to uh, take that wing position uh, left by Dominic Young. Um, you've obviously got Anari Tuala, who's a proven uh, sort of first grader, and... Um, Tom Jenkins, who's been dying for a spot since he's been behind the Penrith back line. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I think 
uh, Armstrong really put in a great performance in the trial, and he's been killing New South Wales Cup for a year or two now. So um, at, at full back, obviously, but he's one of those guys that you probably just have to get him in because he's uh, an undeniable talent, and he's off contract at the end of this year. So if he doesn't get any game time, you probably start to look at going elsewhere because you don't want to be stuck behind Kalen Ponga uh, for the rest of your career. So. Yeah, I agree with you big time. Like I've looked at his highlights and just said this guy's got something. And I was a little bit surprised actually when Fletcher Sharp got to go at him um, at fullback, but Armstrong took his chance on the wing, and you know might mean that he wins himself a spot, like you said. So, but the off contract thing's interesting too. There's there's so many good young outside backs in the game, and there's probably a fair few clubs that could do with a handy guy like Armstrong. So it'll be interesting to see what the year has installed for him. Moving on to some of the other games, were there any other dudes in particular that stood out for you across the weekend? Uh, not a guy that stood out to me, but a, a guy that, you know, I've got uh, I've got a lot of um, respect and, and, and time for and a guy that uh, I think is going to be one of the next superstars of the game, Blaze Talungi. Now, he had two errors um, back there playing his first ever game of fullback across any grade. Um, in, in the Parra jersey, I think he's played a couple of games at fullback for like Clubland, playing for Wenny and stuff like that. But um, he he was out the back um, and he had a couple of really nice takes under pressure, but he had a couple of moments um, where it seemed like he lacked confidence. But his game overall, um, he was physical, he was up to it. Um, he had a really nice touch where he sort of broke through a couple of tackles and just needed someone with him and probably they probably would have scored, but... That was a big problem with Paramount on the weekend is there was very little support play, um, which is just from guys lacking match fitness. So that's not something to be too concerned about. But, yeah, I thought Blaze Talungi was was good for his first ever go at fullback, his first go against men too. And that's, like, really important. Like, that's the point that I'm going to keep banging on with these young blokes. If it's their first game against men, you're not going to see them dominate because the men are a lot smarter. They've been playing the game for a lot longer and they're a lot more physical. So... To see a guy that 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 plays well um, against in their first game against men, that's that's really important. Um, and just another guy too, the fullback for for Cowboys. I believe he was a halfback um, slash five eight, like he's just a half. Yeah, Purdue. Yeah, Jackson Purdue. He was unbelievable. He really impressed me. Um, when he came on, um, I wanted to watch him because I've watched one game of him before, probably a year or two ago now. In that. Um, uh, Malmeninga Cup, I believe, I believe it's called the the under nineteens comp, and he was he was pretty good in that playing in the halves, and um, I, I was a little bit interested to see his name here. So, um, his defense was what stood out to me most. Like I put a I put a post up on my story, um, saying, "Oh, Jackson Perdue will be a star," and this is just from like his effort areas and his carries out of the backfield, and and that and it was just from that, and then I think. Five minutes late, like I'm watching, and I think about five minutes later, he ran onto a ball that was that was a chip and chase from Sailor and went the journey. So, mm. kind of ruined the exclusivity to that take. But yeah. <laughs> he, he, um, yeah, he he really like I think he was one of the best on ground for the Cowboys, and especially like in a losing effort to do what he did. Um, as an 18 year old too, like he's still only real young. He hasn't filled out even his frame at all. I think he's built like I was a couple of years ago in Twig, but. <laughs> um, 
No, I suppose you yeah. could uh, find your timestamp of when you posted that so you can really be the uh, ultimate claim for Purdue when he starts carving up in a couple of years. But like you said, you know, such an intimidating t- team in the Broncos. Like you look at guys like Payne Haas, some of the younger blokes too coming through on the edge, Pierre Cura, and you've got Cobbo and Walsh and all these guys. So for Purdue to just come out and just kill it like that, like that was super impressive. And like you said, he, he's not exactly a fullback either. So it's... Yeah, it's definitely the hallmark of someone who's a pretty handy player. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was super impressed. Um, and that's like the point that I keep banging on about about how these 18, 19 year olds who were sort of taking their first game against men. The fact that he dominated like that just tells me that he's going to be a star of the future. Like he's he's definitely one that um, Cowboys fans should be excited about. The issue is they've got Scott Drinkwater there long term. Yeah. So. Maybe you transition him into the halves, but then again, you got Tom Din and Tom Duffy. So yeah. there's a lot of it, it. It's a real tough time at the moment to be coming through as a fullback um, in in the NRL. So because there's just so much talent uh, across the ground. So maybe he does shift back into the halves and and finds a home elsewhere. But I don't know. You, you, he's his rise is definitely going to be one I'll keep a close eye on. Yeah, and you make a really good point. Like, there's just such ridiculous depth. It's like an embarrassment of riches at fullback at the moment. And, and I was talking to the guru about it yesterday. Like, A, how good's Har- uh, sorry, New South Wales Cup going to be this year? And B, it's like there's going to be so many guys that are going to miss out. So it's these trial games are really important for these guys to stand out in. So it's good to see them putting their hand up. And and just going back to Tarlungi, I think he had like 19 runs. I thought he, he had some really tough efforts. I think he had a couple of runs in the centres on the left, that's where I thought he looked his best um, in that second half. So I, I thought he did pretty well considering it was his first game against men, like you said. We um, traded some messages about the Raiders' back line and, and what that might look like off the back of the trial. What are you thinking the the makeup of that's going to look like as we get close to the round one? Obviously, Chevy Stewart got a run. Um, I think he had six or seven runs. There was some stuff I, I liked, what I saw from Chevy Stewart just in terms of the way he got across the field and, and took some tough runs. Ethan Strange, but then there's a, there's a lot of older, more experienced guys. What are you thinking with the Raiders? Yeah, I'm I'm still not sold on anyone in their position because nobody's really come out and stamped their authority on it. But what I will say is Ethan Strange in that trial, he was probably the most impressive of the young guys. And... Um, Chevy Stewart, who's a guy I've I've been watching since his Sharks, like he was a, he was formerly at the Sharks um, during his Howard Matthews days, and I've had a huge opinion of him since then. But there's just been a couple of errors in his game where I've been saying all off season he's not ready, he's not ready. Don't don't force it, don't rush him in. But his game on the weekend wouldn't have stood out to people who haven't really seen much of him. But to me, he showed that he's never been more ready for first grade. Um, his defense was so much better than I've seen it um, over the last uh, sort of year where in that Origin under-19s game, he had a lot of errors defensively, but he was he was really good in that trial. Um, and another big issue, and this like is the main one for me because it, like, it aggravates me from a fullback, the running sideways that, he, that he's done through the last mm. year where he'll get it off a kick return and then he'll run sideways and he just wants a gap to push into because he's always been that spectacular kind of player that can make that sort of play where he scans and then just explodes through a gap. But you can't do that at the at the higher levels. And he got found out big time um, doing it over the last year. 
But in that trial game, he took his medicine. He got whacked by Kelma to a lungy at one stage. But I, a lot of the people around goes, carrying on about Chevy and all this and oh, how he got whacked. He's not ready for first grade, all this and that. But I looked at that play and, and sort of thought, that's that's improvement. That's huge improvement from him. Because if he'd seen Kelma to, like this time last year or even six months ago, if he'd seen Kelma to lungy coming at him, and he was inside his own 10, he would try to be running sideways to to try and find a gap to, to explode through and, and advance them down the field more. But instead, he took his medicine, kept the team in the middle of the field, and they worked out from their, inside their 10, and that was because they had options on both sides. If you get tackled in the corner, you've only got one option. You've got to go left or you've got to go right. And teams defensively can prepare for that and force you into a corner. And that was the big, big problem with Chevy's game. Um, but yeah, if he takes his medicine, keeps him in the middle of the field, then they've got options both sides, and that was a big, a big point of improvement as well for him. And he's all, he's got the talent; he's hundred percent got the talent, and he just works on those little things. He'll be first grade ready. So, uh, Chevy, I've, I've got him out the back now after that game. Um, Akimura really impressed me. I might have him on one wing with Rapana on the other. Um, and then I've got, um, Ethan Strange and Tomoko in the centers, I think, just trying to recall if they got on the centers. Uh, Schiller, yeah. Schiller had a pretty handy game as well. I think we spoke about him. Yeah. Schiller had a great game. Um, and then KO Week. I, I'd love to see KO Week playing fullback, but that's just not going to happen because he, he hasn't trialed there at all. And obviously Ricky's just got a one track mind with him that, he, that he's going to play five, eight. So. Um, that sort of forces strange to the centers. And I think he was the most impressive out of those young guys on the weekend. So he's got to have a spot. Yeah, I, I thought I saw just a real footballer in strange. Like we saw that in that New South Wales game last year. And whether he was 5'8", or they almost looked like there were a couple of reps where he was out at center towards the end of the game. I thought he looked really good. Agree with you on Stewart. And, you know, if you look back at some of his games last year in New South Wales Cup, I think it was the finals they were versing the Manly New South Wales Cup side. He made a couple of really big defensive plays. He was instrumental in them scoring a try and setting one up, and he kicked some really crucial goals. So um, I think he's got the talent. I think they just need to plug him there at fullback and, and give him some time. Like Canberra need to maybe look at this season as a bit of a development season. And I know Ricky won't have that attitude, but um, realistically, they, they need to just give some of these guys a crack and, and give them some time. And look at sides like your Penrith and your dogs and, and hope that t- two or three years down the track, they've got a, a genuine contender. That's, that's how I feel about it. Um, there was someone else I was keen to touch on with you. Um, Jacob Laban for the Warriors. Obviously there was about a thousand young Warriors that killed it on the weekend, but he was the one dude that stood out to me. I, I loved everything he did from his defense, his ball running, his positional play. He looks ready-made first grade for me. What do you think about Jacob Laban? Huge fan. Um, him and Zion Mayu are probably my two favourites. Um, but Zion I didn't get to see much of his first tackle. Yeah, what was your reaction to him? Came out um, like a fucking bat out of hell. It was unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I I sort of knew like that's how he plays the game. That yep. was I I seen it happen. I'm like, you know what? I'm not surprised. But I was filthy at the same time because I'm like I just wanted to see him against. Um, against or oh, in an NRL trial, I wanted to see how he goes and see if he's ready to make that next step. Um but you know, shit happens. Um Jacob Laban, yeah, he was the most impressive of those young forwards. 
Um, I'm got huge, like he was playing XG ball this time last year. Um, and his growth has been unreal. He's just a natural athlete. Like he's tall, built, athletic, quick, like surprisingly quick. Like he, he scored a try last year in New South Wales cup where Dallin Watinius Lesniak went through and was looking for a support runner because he had his full back in front and the support runner was Jacob Laban. And they were still inside their own 30. And mm. he went the journey. No one came close. No one laid a hand on him. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's scary. If you got a guy that big and that deceptively sort of, like he's not, he's not going to win 100 meter finals, right? But he's like surprisingly quick for a back rower. And I reckon if you, if you lined up all the back rowers, he'd be one of the quicker ones. Um, so yeah, he's he's a guy that his natural like just athletic ability will take him a long way, and he's got he's got the footy IQ like he, the line that he run um, dropping under Luca Metcalf, and then just finding the inside shoulder and punching through the line to score. That was a really good play. He run a couple of nice lines, um, and his defense was unreal. Like he made forty tackles um, for I think only three misses in mm. a first grade trial for a nineteen year old. That's hugely impressive. So. He'll be pushing for a bench spot this year, and he's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that defense thing. It gets so overlooked. You see all these highlight reels, and it's all attack, attack, attack. But when you actually get to see these guys and, and watch a full game just to see him defend like that, and I think he played nearly the pretty much the whole 80 as well, which was another really impressive thing, and his, his output didn't really decline. So I definitely think, like you said, he's, he's a shot for the bench, but the Warriors have got crazy depth. In that forward pack, it's pretty exciting, and it's probably another Gus Gould influence. Um, I know he didn't spend a heap of time over there, but their development and their juniors look so strong. Do you see the Warriors hanging around the top four this year? If you guys have said they they worry about that bounce back effect, I personally think the Warriors will be around the top four again. What are your What are your thoughts on them? I think they overachieved last year, um, but. I like Andrew Webster as a coach, and I sort of tipped him to be around that finals equation last year because I really like Andrew Webster, everything that he's done. They've got the depth now, and um, oh, my only issue is can SJ repeat what he did last year because he was yeah. unbelievable, and he was like the main factor as to why they overachieved. Um, but this year, I probably got him dropping down to around six or seven because – I don't see SJ recreating that year, and I just think, like, you saw towards the back end of last year, they sort of half-faded away, and then, like, Broncos just showed that they were a class above in that final, so, um, and and Penrith too, like, I know that was without SJ, but, you know, what happens if they play without SJ this year? Do you, do you just excuse them for that, or... Um, like you, you can't. I, I don't see him making the top four. It wouldn't surprise me if they did, but I, I've got him around that sort of six or seven mark. Yeah, SJ's obviously the key. Hey, like if he goes down injured, and I think he's in, um, he's under question for round one anyway. So, not the ideal way to start. They've got a home game against the Sharkies, but still, you want to have your your key guy on the field to get your season off to a start. Um, before we sort of wrap up, getting to the end of things, is there anyone in particular you think, if you had to name one or two dudes um, that seem on the precipice for the NRL this year that are going to have breakout years or or not take too much time to make an impression, who might they be? Um, I think I touched on them earlier. I think Josh Papali could really make a case to play fullback this year. 
Um, it's between him and Blake Taff. I think they've they've made the decision that Critter will be a centre. Um, so Joe Ash is probably one that I think will be the most impressive early. Um, and then sort of another guy that I don't know if he'll get any game time, but if he does, and I think he would get game time at any NRL club if he wasn't at the Panthers, but Isaiah Young, I think he's he's so ready for NRL and he's been ready for the last two years. Um, he's one that, that oh, I've got such a high opinion on and I think he's probably uh, one to watch. But that, that's, you know, that's the problem. Like, he's a fullback, so that's the problem with, like, fullbacks coming through is there's so much talent everywhere, but... Yeah, he's a guy that if he does play first grade, he'll make a huge impression. Yeah, beautiful. So a couple of names to watch out for. Obviously, Papa Lee's definitely up in lights now after last weekend. Keen to see him again this week. Where are you off to on the weekend? You got any plans for getting out to some of the junior games? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I think I'm headed to the Para game this weekend um, at Eric Tweedle. Um, but, yeah, I'm not – I'm not overly sure. I've got to check my schedule too, and I've got the stuff with Penrith, so I've got to check what what commitments I've got in that regard. So, yeah, uh, yeah, but oh, I'll sort of work it out as I go. Yeah, fair enough. Any are you a Paris supporter? If if you had the mates from there, is that where you've grown up, or who do you go for? Yeah, gr- grow up in Para Para fan. So, um, tough tough year last year, but you know, XG ball winners. I guess that counts. Yeah, you can take some. That's something, sort of, that, that's something to add to the trophy cabinet, isn't it? Absolutely. I got out to Para um, for the first time last year. I was really um, taken back by like the community vibe and, and how well they run things out there. Like I'm a Roosters fan and I get out to the Roosters games a lot and, and the pregame and the halftime and all that stuff. It's just, it's just crap, to be honest. Um, they wheel out Scott's boys playing drums and perpetuate that eastern suburbs kind of um, silver spoon reputation, whereas – out at Parramatta, they're really engaging the fans. There's none of that kind of bullshit going on. I thought it was really authentic and and a real vibe out there, and all the fans were very respectful. So I certainly enjoyed that getting out there last year. Well, that's why you get five people to every game, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't represent the Roosters and makes that reputation worse. But anyway, uh, look, mate, I really want to thank you for coming on the the show. You've clearly got a very good. IQ of the footy and, and a knowledge and awareness of um, what it takes to be a, a player in the league and sounds like I know you put a lot of work into your craft and what you're doing and I think it's awesome that you got a gig with the Panthers this year hopefully that'll um, grow for you and, and that journalism career is on the right path but uh, just want to thank you very much for your time thanks mate really appreciate it thanks for having me on cheers mate thank you uh, guys you can follow Jacob at uh, the short ball one word underscore so follow him on Instagram. Are you doing anything else with uh, YouTube's or podcasts anymore these days? Uh, I'm planning on it. Um, hopefully, I've got something happening tomorrow, but I, I won't try and spoil that. But hopefully, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm trying to trying to get back into it um, slowly. Beautiful. We'll keep our eyes peeled. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll have more content coming out. We've got another special guest we recorded with yesterday and more of our previews coming, but thank you very much for tuning in. Mm-hmm.